Shorty. on everybody it is your boy andres and we're back with episode four of the sports fellas podcast with me is my co-host mr eric eric how are you sir i'm pretty good how you doing man i'm doing fantastic and we got our second guest for the show mr christian christian how you doing bro what's going on andres what's going on eric happy to be here i appreciate you coming on so first things first we got to talk about the super bowl i mean the chiefs and the bucks clearly are the best two teams in each conference. The Chiefs have the number two offense, the number 22 defense. The Bucks have the number three ranked offense and a number five ranked defense. Eric, what do you think the Bucks have to do for Brady to get ring number seven in this one? I think they have to probably start pretty hot. I think, you know, the thing with the Chiefs is we saw it this year in their last game against the Bills and we saw it last year against the Texans. Even if they start off down two, three possessions, they can just catch on fire real quick. So I think once that inevitably happens, the Bucks are going to have to be able to stop them. And having a top five defense, I think they have as good a shot as anyone to do that. And whenever we were looking at the stats and saw that the Chiefs had the number 22 defense, that was pretty shocking, to be honest, because I feel like every time I watch them, their defense doesn't, like, stand out. But they still don't feel like a below-average defense when I watch them. So I think if the Bucks can take advantage of that, and get up to a big lead and then hold the Chiefs off whenever they have that inevitably big run that they typically go on in games. I think that might be the key. If they can go into half winning, I think they could take it. But it's going to be tough, especially against Mahomes. So you've been saying, or we were talking about it the other day, how the Bucks needed to score at least 30 points at Lambeau to beat the Packers, and they did. Um, how many points do you think the Bucks have to score to beat the Chiefs? I think – I could see like 30, what they score against the Packers, 30, 31, something like 31, that. 31, yeah. 31, I could see 31 being, I, if they score about the same, I could see them winning, honestly, because I know Rodgers kind of, Rodgers and that whole offense kind of struggled in the second half, but I think you have to point to the Bucks playing, their defense played a big part in that. And I'm not going to say Rodgers and the Packers had as good an offense as the Chiefs, but if the Bucks could hold them like that in the second half, I think they could do a decent job against the Chiefs. So I think about 30, 31 points could be could be enough to do it. Yeah, which is crazy. I think the Packers had the number one ranked offense this year too. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other side of the coin, we got the prodigy, the future GOAT, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Christian, what do you think the Chiefs need to do to go back to back and get ring number two for Mr. Patty Mahomes? I think that they just need to keep on being the team that they are. I believe that they're – pretty solidified as the best team and um, keep, keep bringing that offense. Like I think it's been proven a little bit the last couple of years, their defense can get stops when they need it, but their offense is like, it's a flowing machine. Get Mahomes in there, get Kelsey, get Tyreek Hill, get your running backs in there. And I think they just, they're, they're going to outscore them. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm pretty sure the over under is set at 56.5. So I think the first team, the 30, is the one that ends up winning. But I, I have the Chiefs in, a, in like, a, a one-touchdown win. So the, the Chiefs have scored at least um, – they're averaging 30 points per game in every game scored this postseason. Do you think we – saw, we saw what the Bucks did to the Packers at Lambeau. Do you think the Chiefs can shut down – the Chiefs offense can shut down the Bucks defense this upcoming Sunday? 
Um, I think that they, I think that they definitely have the ability to, and um, I think that they will because Patrick Mahomes, he, he shows up when it's when it, when it's when the lights are bright, and um, even when they were down in the last Super Bowl, I feel like many people thought that they were still going to win. Um, I don't think the the concussion is going to be much of a, a factor for him, and I think the uh, I think the Chiefs go back to back. So Eric, if if Tom Brady somehow pulls this off, he's going to be the first. They're going to be the Bucks are going to be the first team to win at home. Do you think they have any pressure playing in front of some fans, or do you think that Brady's been here um, nine times now? He knows what it's like to play in these type of games. I think he obviously knows what it takes to play in these games. I mean, he's been here more than anyone in history. But I don't think playing in front of the fans adds more pressure. I think it might take some off. Like they're going to feel like they're just. It's not going to be the same as a normal home game because it is a Super Bowl and there's always going to be extra pressure with that. But playing at home is pretty much as good as it gets in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm sure they'd be rather rather be playing at home than some neutral field, and that's going to take some of the pressure off having pretty much they're playing in their backyard. Like, that's pretty much as good as you can get. And if anything, I just think it puts a lot more pressure on the Chiefs because every time Bucks have the ball, they have momentum, something, the crowd's going to be going crazy. I know there's going to be a lot of neutral fans still like how there is, but I think it should be good. How, are they having full capacity at the Super Bowl or, or like, not full capacity? Like no, nah, I think it's like 10K if I'm not mistaken. 10K? I yeah, think so. I figured, I, I figured it'd be like half or less or something, but I still think they should have an advantage with the crowd, obviously, but I don't think it adds any extra pressure. I think if anything, it's the opposite. So we, we saw what the Bucks defense did to Aaron Rodgers when the lights got bright in the fourth quarter. Um, if, if it comes down to that, Christian, do you think that the Bucks defense can shut down the best QB in football? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think that they can shut him down. I think that they can try to slow him down a little bit. But, but when it comes down to it, their, uh, their defense is, is, is going to be a little banged up. Antoine Winfield Jr., he's, um, he's injured. Whitehead, who was making a bunch of big plays, he's, he's a little banged up. I'm not sure if they're going to be playing. But they're, they're going to have some problems in that secondary trying to keep up with with two of the best receiving options in, in Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. And I think when they might get a couple stops in the intermediate of the game, but when it comes down to the, like a two minute drill or, or the clutch in general, I think Mahomes and them get it done. So with, with that being said, Eric, if, if it's a two minute, if at the two minute warning, if it's a tight game, who's your money on? Like, um, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Um, I'm gonna do that to you. I'm sorry. Like if both teams had the ball, the two like if one team. If, the, if the if the game is tied, with the two minutes left in the fourth quarter, who do you want? Who do you who are you putting your money on? You know, I've been I picked the Bucks pretty early on in the year. I think in week three I picked them to win it, and I've been sticking with them. So I think I'm just gonna keep rolling them. No point in changing now if they've gotten this far. So I'll stick with the Bucks. What about you, Christian? Is it Wash King time or is it the Prodigy? He did. He started off the game really, really strongly against the against the um, Packers, and then he dwindled down a little bit. He threw a couple of ducks for in, interceptions and had some questionable decisions out there. He's obviously not very mobile, and I think that that ends up hurting them a little bit because their offensive line is good, but it's not great. If the Chiefs can get some some pressure in there, Frank Clark, you know, um, I think it'll they'll end up winning the game, especially especially in crunch time. I mean, we, we saw this. I don't know if you guys watched the AFC um, championship game, but we saw Mahomes, like, just look comfortable out there and just 
every single time you think he's going to get sacked, he just pulls it off. Like, and, and at some point, something has to give in. But, I mean, the Bucks defense was solid against Rodgers, who for, like, a lot of people is the MVP this year. And, I mean, playing in 25-degree weather is never easy. Now they go back home to Tampa where the weather hopefully is going to be better. Um, but it's gonna hopefully it's a great game. Do you guys have any score predictions, or are we going to wait and enjoy the game? Um, I'll go with a prediction of um, Chiefs 34, Bucks 28. So you got the Bucks by six points. What about you, Eric? Chiefs by six points. Um. Yeah, he got the Chiefs by six. He's rolling with the Chiefs. Uh, if I had to say, I'd probably go Bucks 31, Chiefs 27. I'll roll with that. I think, like you said, it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, but I'm just going to roll with the Bucks still. So for the people that like to bet out there, do you guys have the over? I have the over, yeah. Like I said, it's it's set at 56.5. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the over on that. Yeah. Uh, I think the weather, it is supposed to be pretty nice. I know – I haven't seen what it is supposed to be on the day of, but I think I saw like two days before it get like in the mid seventies. So if it's like that, I think it should be pretty good. And they should, it should be a pretty high scoring game. Yeah, it should be a pretty comfortable game for, for both of the, both of the offenses. I think, I think the defense is where the real question marks are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Christian. So me and Eric, were talking about this um, through text and a few episodes ago. If Brady pulls this off, is he the greatest athlete in U.S. sports history, the greatest accomplished? Does he pass Mike, or what are we thinking? Um, it's tough because football is such a team sport, you know. You can't, you can't really go out there as a quarterback and play special teams, play defense. So I personally wouldn't have a quarterback. That's just me or anybody from a football team. I would have I would have Mike like you said. He's just got such a such a flawless um such a flawless resume when it comes to when it comes to basketball. He was affecting the game almost every play down the stretch, you know. Yeah, it's easier like like you were saying this is a team game. It's easier to uh show your impact when it's just like a solo one or basketball like because basketball we know it's player driven, like players control the sport pretty much. It's not like that as much in football but like I think you could argue I think it is hard to argue football I think basketball or even like boxing boxing yeah MMA uh swimming like you could say Michael Phelps with everything he did in the Olympics I feel like those type of sports it's easier mm-hmm. to make an argument for you could you could also bring up like a multi-sport athlete like Bo Jackson you know he's one of the greatest athletes yeah. in general but I, I don't know if he's as accomplished as all these people that were mentioned Greatest corner ever. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, so we, so one of you has the Chiefs winning. One of you has the Bucks winning. Um, I'm gonna be biased and say that I want the Bucks to win. So I do have the Bucks winning. I do have Tom Brady getting his seventh ring. For me personally, after the Falcons comeback, um, Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time. In mm-hmm. case you don't follow me, um, I am a Dolphins fan, and I did despise Tom Brady. I mean, he ran the division for like 20-something years, and people love to credit the system, and people like to say that he's a product of Belichick, and he had top five defenses every year. But at some point, you have to start crediting um, the athlete. You, start, you have to start crediting the pilot. Um, Christian, so a few episodes – or last episode, we were talking about this. Did you ever notice that football is the only sport where the greatest player of all time – they credit the coach. Like, when people talk yeah, about Mike, they don't talk about Phil Jackson. When people talk mm-hmm. about 
Um, other players, they talk about, like, um, their coach. Like, for Messi, people say that he was coached by one of the greatest um, coaches of all time. But when it comes to football, people love to say, oh, it was all Belichick, Belichick, Belichick. What do you think about Tom Brady being the GOAT and not Belichick not having to do anything with it? I mean, we saw it, like, this year, pretty much at 43 years old, which is pretty crazy. So mm-hmm. what can you say about Mr. Thomas Edward Brady? Um, I do think he's the GOAT. And I think that a lot of the reason that people don't bring up the uh, the coaching in other sports is because, like I said, it's it's less of a team sport. This is more of a team sport. But at the same time, the quarterback is the most important position. If you have a chance to go get your good quarterback, you go get him. It doesn't doesn't matter what draft capital and whatever you have to take to, to get that quarterback. So I think he's the, been one of the greatest individuals, one of the greatest team players, you know. I feel like I feel like he definitely has himself solidified as that, like you said. And um, whether he wins or loses this game, it, it could it could make it even more solidified, or he could pretty much just stay where he is because he's not supposed to be where he is right now at forty three. I I feel like a lot of people are saying that if he if he wins this one, then he's the greatest of all time. I feel like that conversation yeah. ended four years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, I mean. It, it's hard. It's hard to prove, but I mean, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to him. And like, I hate to use rings as an argument, but it, it's it's just the end result. You don't have a dynasty like that without having the constants, and that's a a great quarterback like him, more than a great quarterback. And Belichick should get his flowers. He was obviously one of the greatest of all time as well, but he's not there without without that constant at quarterback. I don't think. He's made three Super Bowls after the age of 40, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's nuts. I, I feel like – is Mahomes on his way there? Yeah, but hopefully he could stay healthy too. But what Brady yeah. – and the different um, the different group of guys, you know what I mean? Like people talk about Belichick and stuff, but they mm-hmm. put out different players out for Brady in 01, in 04, in 05, in 14, 15 this year, and he's been able to do it. Yeah. I mean, the the writing was on the wall when, when he he came in. I I forgot. Um, Eric, do you remember the game that he came in in one I'm not too positive. Uh, the game that he came in in uh, 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at it earlier. He, I think he came in in like a couple game week two or something like week three of the regular season in 2001, and. I think after that they went like eleven and four with him as QB because I think they lost their first game without him and then they lost. I think he came in at halftime in game two and they ended up losing. But then after that they went like eleven and three, went on to win the Super Bowl as we all know. Like, and that's another thing I want to say about the whole like Mahomes is on his way to Brady. That could definitely be true, but we also have to remember whenever uh, Brady like became a starter. He won in his first year as a starter. He won in, I think, his third and fourth year as a starter. Like, so he had the early success, too. He maybe didn't have the personal stats that Mahomes has because he didn't actually start getting, like, the touchdowns, interceptions, like, highs and everything until, I think, 2007 when he had Moss and everything, and that was, like, one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. But he had still had the team success and was winning very early on his career. I think he already had won three Super Bowls by 27 years old. So, like, it just shows – how dominant he was and so yes Mahomes may be on his way to getting on that level or something and I don't even think it's too early to say that like we already see how good he is but we also have to remember that Brady was doing the same stuff when he was young too like he was also leading his team and winning Super Bowls absolutely 
So moving on to another topic, our second topic of the day, the MVP. Christian, since you're our guest today, what's your top five lists? Um, would you like it in order or no order? Let's do it in order. Let's spice it up a little bit. So I think the MVP so far pretty easily is, is Joel Embiid. They're winning. He's been one of the best in general in the NBA. Um, he, ben Simmons has had sort of like a disappointing season. He's still a good player, but for that to be your number two when he's having a worse season and you're bringing the Sixers to look better, that's a credit to Joel Embiid a lot, a credit to Daryl Morey for putting that team around him to optimize Joel Embiid. This is the first time we've seen him with great shooters and such. So I th I've got him first. Um, second, I think I'm going to go with Jokic. I got two bigs up there, and Jokic is just looking ridiculous, man. He's almost averaging like a 25-point triple-double, extremely efficient. The Nuggets started off a little slow, but he's he's carrying them, it, it looks like, you know. he's Jamal, like I said, when your number two isn't doing that great, Jamal Murray's had a pretty pedestrian the season. The bubble product, Mr. Jamal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's had a pretty pedestrian season after the after the bubble, you know. And um, and Jokic is still bringing them. It looks like they're going to be a top four three seed again. And um, at number three, I've got your guy Paul George. He's he's coming. He's trying to shut these haters up. He's yes, sir. To, uh, trying to prove that he's that that two way star on on both ends, you know. And um, he's been extremely efficient as well to the to the short start of the season. Um, up there with him, you know. I want to give a shout to Kawhi who started a little slower. I don't think he's top five, but Kawhi's been he's been doing really great lately when the when the Clippers have been doing well. So they're gonna be a tough team to stop. Um, number three, number four, I've got LeBron. Could be argued higher. I wouldn't even be upset. LeBron has looked ridiculous. Year 18, 36 years old. He's just he's doing everything for his team. He's defending, he's assisting, he's hitting pull-up shots, off the dribble, post, you know, anything you need him to do, he's doing it and all that while while looking like he doesn't even have to – while he doesn't even have to break a sweat sometimes. So I've got him at number four and then closing it out. I think I've got I've got KD. And um, only reason he's not higher because he proved me wrong, man. I thought I thought the Achilles was going to be a, a bad, bad injury for him. And you, you honestly – you Andres, you argued on the other side. You were like, oh, it's his – other Achilles, and I was wrong. And I'm happy to admit that I was wrong. I'm happy to see one of the best players of our generation be be that great. You know, he's he's putting up 30 a game. Obviously, he has Harden and Kyrie on his side, but with Harden being a little bit of a wild card, not as aggressive since he's been there. And Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie doesn't doesn't even sometimes show up. I, I mean, that's that has nothing to do with what we're talking about now. But you know, KD, he's he's been the one constant with that team, and he's he's looking like he's back to his MVP self. So that's I'm, my top five. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. So we got Embiid, Jokic, Mr. Paul George, LeBron, and Kevin Durant. Eric, you're on the clock. Talk to me. Uh, I'd have to agree with number one. I'd probably have Joel Embiid in there. He's been pretty consistent, and his defense has looked really good. I mean, I think – I'm pretty sure he's 12-2 and two in games that he plays in. That which yep, that's about right, 12-2. and two. It's hard to beat that, and I think they're 0-4 in games he hasn't played, and they haven't won a single <laughs> And that just shows his impact right there. But I think the one thing that would kind of limit him in the future is missing games. I mean, he's already – he's on pace to miss 16 games, 
and then a shortened season where it's only 72, I think, and he's on pace to miss 16, that could that could play a big part in, like, stopping him from winning. But I think as of right now, you kind of have to have him number one. Number two, I would actually have LeBron because I think he, his, he started off kind of slow stats-wise. I mean, they've been winning all season. That's why they're the number one seed, and I think they have the best record in the league. But he started off kind of slow stats-wise. But then if you looked over the last seven games, I think he's averaging 27, 7, and 7. And he's shooting like 49% from three in the last seven games. Like his shooting has been pretty insane, and he's been hard to stop on offense. And every time I've watched him, he looks pretty active on defense too. So it's good to see him still playing both ends. Number three, I'd probably have Jokic just because it seems like that team, like I think Jamal Murray's really good. I think he proved it last playoffs. But it seems every time Jokic has gone to the bench, that team's kind of struggled. It seems like at times Jokic is doing a lot of heavy lifting. And I think he's he's averaging like insane stats right now. And I think lately, the last few years, we've seen that the MVP has turned heavy into stats. That's one of the main criteria. So I think you have to have him top three for that. Number four, I'm going to say Paul George. And I could see an argument for Paul George or Kawhi, like either one of the Clippers stars being there. But I think I'm going to lean Paul George just because he's been more consistent throughout the year and he's been more efficient. But their stats are pretty similar. So I just think Paul George – more often than not, whenever I watch Clippers games, it feels like he's the one standing out. So I'd probably have him there. And then Kawhi could be like an honorable mention at like six or seven. And then number five, I think I'd probably have Durant. Maybe Giannis. It's between Durant or Giannis for me. Giannis is still doing his thing. They're the third seed. He's still averaging insane stats like he's been doing all year. And then also Durant, you have him where, like Christian was saying, Kyrie's kind of been in and out. You know how Kyrie has been lately, missing some games, not talking to the team about showing up. And then Harden, he didn't even get there till what, nine games in? And he, Durant's still performing. He's averaging, I think, 30 points. He's got eight rebounds, six assists. He's having one of his most efficient seasons ever. The like, most efficient season. The most efficient? Yeah, he's having the most efficient season he's ever had. I know he's shooting like 45% from three. He, I think you have to – for me, it would be between Giannis or Durant. I think I'd lean Durant for five, and then I'd probably have Giannis six, Kawhi seven. But that would be what mine looks like for now. So I have to agree with you, fellas. Joel Embiid is number one. He's averaging 28 and 12 on 67% true shooting. Number two, I do have my guy, Paul George. I'm going to be biased, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, he's averaging 24, six, and five on 67, true, 67% true shooting percentage. Number three, I got Giannis. It could be Giannis or LeBron. I wouldn't be um, mad on, on one over the other. And number five is Jokic, man. Like, what Jokic is doing has been done before the averaging a triple-double. And this is no shot at Russ because Russ was very efficient in his MVP year. But Jokic is doing this while having a 64% true shooting percentage. And it's just, like, unreal. Um, we don't see centers do that nowadays. Um, I think we live in an era where every center wants to shoot three-pointers. We don't see dominant guys like Shaq or the Dream or Dwight Howard because, yes, folks, Dwight Howard was once um, a top five player in the NBA, believe it or not. If you live <laughs> under a rock, if you just started watching basketball, Dwight Howard was that dude. Three-time defensive player of the year. 
Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Don't even don't even overthink it. He's sure. a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I hate when I see those arguments on Twitter, man. They're it's automatic. It's there, shout out to Andrew Bailey for saying that Rudy Gobert was better. But <laughs> I think that's one crazy thing is we're in a league where we keep seeing guards. It's like transitioning more to a guard-heavy league where the top players are all guards or forwards. And in our top five, and in me and Christian's top three, I think we both have two centers. So that's pretty crazy yeah. to see so far to start this year. It's not something I was expecting. <laughs> I don't want to be like, you know, LeBron sexual, but I kind of want to give credit to to how LeBron is is making small ball go away a little bit. You know, it seems like the the Lakers brought the blueprint back to win with you can win with a big team. They were starting Javale McGee out there. They're closing games. <laughs> you know, it's 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 okay to still have still have some bigs. I know. I'm glad. I, the small ball, especially the Houston fan, was a nightmare to watch sometimes. <laughs> it was brutal. I remember that defense was just awful. No rebound. We were getting out-rebounded by 20 in some games. I don't I don't even think the players really enjoyed it. Looked, it. I think it looked like we were playing playground basketball, trying to, like, sixth graders against fourth graders, something like that. <laughs> that's, why, that's why AD just dominated us for the entire yeah, He was doing whatever he wanted. And yeah. so, so, Christian, you have Kevin Durant in your top five. Now mm-hmm. – there's going to be 23 fans that are saying, oh, well, he's disqualified because of his super team. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Kevin Durant? Um, I personally – I've never been that person who was like, oh, LeBron has AD, so he's disqualified. I think it might be a, a certain little bit of a slight when you have someone who's damn near as good as you in the regular season. But the, sometimes the numbers just speak for themselves. Like Eric said, he's putting up 38-6 and six in his most efficient season. He's – He's trying to do some heavy lifting on on Brooklyn's defense because that's a that's a train wreck. <laughs> that the Brooklyn's record hasn't reciprocated yet, but I still think that they're going to be a top seed, and I think that KD is going to be well, it's still it's still ended up top five in the MVP once once it uh, the season ends. Now, Eric, um, Christian was talking about Robbins, like Jamal and Ben Simmons, not being at their best. Mr. Anthony Davis really hasn't been at his best this season. So do you think that helps LeBron in his MVP case? Uh, I think it could play a part. But I still think Anthony Davis has been pretty great. I mean, he, he's definitely having some down games. But it was just a couple of days ago we saw him dominate and have another one of his, like, classic games where he just drops 40 or something. 37, and, yeah. 37, yeah. I think he's only averaging 23 points, 22 points. So he has been struggling a little bit. And you could say that helps LeBron's case, but I think even if AD was putting up still 26 points, 13, 12 rebounds, whatever you want to say, like uh, Christian was saying, I'm not going to completely hold that against him. I mean, I don't really think – I could see an argument for having great teammates and, like, super super teams as your teammates and everything. I could see that limiting your MVP case at some points, but I think LeBron has – done what he's done this season enough to get him in the MVP talks. And I don't really see that changing throughout the season. I think AD will start to pick it up and he'll start putting up those dominant numbers again, having crazy good games. But even when he does that, if LeBron's consistently doing what he's doing and showing how impactful he is, it's not really going to change much for me. Yeah. What's is LeBron averaging a career high from three right now or no? Yeah. Yeah. He's shooting. Well, I think he's shooting 40% on seven attempts per game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think in 2013 when he had his when he, in 2013 when he had his like he's best legitimately a sniper now. Yeah, in 2013 I think he only took three attempts per game, which is shooting 41 percent for him was still really good. Mm-hmm. But 
he's taking almost he's taking double that I think this year. And yeah, I think he's taking seven attempts. Forty-one percent. Like I don't know if he's gonna be able to keep that up all season, just because I think we've seen enough of his career to see that it might come back down to earth a little bit. But I think he's still capable of shooting like thirty-eight, thirty-nine percent. But if he can keep up this forty-one percent, then I think that's gonna go a long way for his MVP case. Now we've been talking a lot about the West and this and that, but um, Christian, you're a very big fan of the two wings in Boston. Of course, and, yeah, that's where I reside right now. So and a lot. Jalen Brown is averaging twenty-seven six and three on sixty-two percent true shooting percentage, and the Celtics are ten and six in the second seed. Do you think Jalen Brown deserves some love, even though he's not like a mainstream player? Like, like I don't want to say, I don't mean to send a shout at Luca, but like Luca Doncic, do you think Jalen Brown deserves some love too? I definitely do. I think that he's he's another player who's proven me wrong. Like I thought he was having some problems with with off ball defense and shot creation last year where he wasn't dribbling as well. He's he's obviously made a leap there and it looks like he's here to stay. So I I, I think if someone were to argue him top ten for, for MVP, I wouldn't be upset at all, especially with all of Boston's injuries and COVID problems, Jason Tatum missing like two weeks and they're still afloat there at the at the top of the conference. Um I think it's hard to argue against Jalen Brown being uh, one of the great players in the East right now. I feel like the Jalen Brown we saw against uh, Miami and the Jalen Brown this season are two different players, no? Definitely, yeah. Because I see a lot of J- – because I remember, like, the film on Jalen Brown against us. Mm-hmm. He was just, like, a catch-and-shoot um, player. Like, Brad Stevens had him literally in the corner just waiting for him to get the ball. And exactly. this year, his mid-range has been unbelievable. Yeah, and I think the the little bit of the – the absence of Gordon Hayward, you know, he left. And then Kemba Walker was injured to start the season. I think that, you know, he had to, like, he, someone had to step up for the Celtics because I thought that they were going to be, like, a six seed. I didn't see anything on their bench. I didn't like their draft. Peyton, Peyton Pritchard's another one that proved me wrong a little bit. But, you know, he, he had to step up and be that, that second starter, Jason Tatum, and he has. Yeah, Mr. Brad Stevens is running two big men like it's 1998 with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. But <laughs> – Jalen Brown has been amazing. Shout out to shout out to Jalen Brown for what he did over the summer with the protests and stuff, and now he's balling. So yeah. give that man his flowers. Whenever you just mentioned how he would be like that second star to Tatum, I think you could argue they're like one A and one B almost. Like how good yeah. Brown's been. Yeah, and that's and that's a great problem to have if you're Boston, right? Like it's a wing driven league. You're most likely gonna have a star wing if you're winning a championship, and you've got two guys who are averaging like. 26, 27 points per game, and they're both young, both look like they love Boston, that's a great problem to have for them. So if they are 1A, 1B, I'll be glad to be wrong, and I hope that is what happens for Boston. Yeah, and I just want to point this out to some people because I saw a lot of people whenever the Rockets made the trade for Harden, like when we traded away Harden, and you can argue whether you think that's a good trade or not, but some people I saw saying that they thought it was a bad league because you don't win championships or contend through drafts anymore. You do it through free agency. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that argument because Tatum and Brown were both drafted in back-to-back years by the mm-hmm. Celtics. And they, I mean, I think one day they'll bring a championship to Boston if they stick together because they're pretty young and they're already building this over there. So I don't understand the whole argument about free agency over draft. I think you could build through both, but, I don't know if one's necessarily better than the other. I mean, we saw the Warriors dynasty. That was pretty much built through yeah. a draft. Yeah. It's hard to. You have to have a, a good and consistent front office who who sticks with your players even through their struggles because 
if you look at the the Celtics when they had Kyrie two years ago, who would have thought that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum would have been what they are today? And now that's it's it's, it's come to fruition. Yeah, for sure. I th- I feel like this is what Denny Age um, envisioned, no? Because we saw yeah. we saw Anthony Davis's dad say to not trade for him because he's not going to sign long term there. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't trade for Kawhi Leonard, but maybe this is what Danny Ainge envisioned this year. Mm-hmm. I think it is. You know, he gets a little bit. He gets some deserved flack for being a little conservative as far as, you know, like trading for star players. But it, 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 you can't you can't deny like how good they have been each year. And it looks like they're they're poised to make a, a contending run. I feel yeah. like Jalen Brown could also be in the most improved player conversations. Him or Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, for sure. Malcolm Brogdon has been balling. Mm-hmm. Jeremy oh. Grant, Julius Randle, they're all some names. Yeah, Jeremy Grant is up there too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last topic of our ep- um, about, of this episode, we're here to talk about ESPN and the worldwide leader in sports. They put out an all-NBA team of the last decade. Stephen Curry, three-time champion, two-time MVP. Mr. James Harden, three-time scoring champion, MVP. LeBron James, I mean, we'll be here till midnight talking about his resume from the last decade. <laughs> Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Now, Eric, let me start with you. Is that a fair five? You know, I'm going to play a devil's advocate here. I saw a lot of people talking about – they – obviously, everyone's going to agree with, like, the Curry, Durant. The, the, everyone's going to agree with all those. But the one that people were finding the most arguments and problems with was AD. And I'm just going to play a little devil's advocate. I think he – is pretty deserving of it. You could maybe, if we're doing like positionless, you could argue Kawhi or other players. But if we're going for a big man, like a center, I think he's pretty deserving because, I mean, he was a seven-time All-Star. He was one of the best defensive players of the year. He might have started a little late. I think he started actually being like ADAD in like 2015. But what he did in that time, you could argue was better than any other big man did. And I don't know if we are counting last year. I don't know if 2020 would count. I know some people include that year in the <laughs> decade. But if we are, he did win a championship. And he was – you could argue he was the best player in certain series in the regular season and stuff. You could argue he was the best player at times. But even if we're not, he's, I think his 2014-ish through 2019 run, I think it kind of – like it deserves a spot on that over any other big man, you would argue. Now, Christian – um. James Harden caught a lot of flack for the way he asked out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, should Anthony Davis be on the all-NBA list just because of the way he asked out, or do you have someone else? Um, I'm going to go with Kawhi because, in general, the NBA is kind of weird with how they do all-NBA teams, all-star teams. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, it's just a front court thing. Sometimes it'll be, oh, you have to have a center. Sometimes it'll just have to be a big in general. So I understand having Anthony Davis there. He's a great player, like Eric said. But Kawhi, he has the resume as far as playoff success. He was in some MVP talks, never got one himself, but he's got the two finals MVPs there. And he led two different squads. I think Kawhi, the the biggest argument against Kawhi is the fact that he did load manage a, a good amount in San Antonio, Toronto. But when you go out there, the, the the object of the game is to try to win a championship, and he did that twice as the best player. So yeah, I don't know if load management should really be held against him. I know some people disagree with it, but he's still like his 2017 and 2019 playoff runs. That's probably two of the best playoff runs we've seen by any player in that decade. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. 
I don't know if you could use load management against him. I know some people don't like it, but if it works, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Why would you go against it if it works? Yeah. No reason. You know, you got to save your players for their investments, you know? Yeah, what, why play? Why risk an injury against the Hawks in, in October? When no disrespect you, to the Hawks. When, okay, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> shout out Trey Young. Shout out Trey Young. But, <laughs> but, okay, why would you risk it, though, whenever – you have bigger goals and if it's helping you achieve those goals i don't see why you'd have a problem with it i feel like Kawhi mm -hmm. should be in there sorry i didn't mean to cut you off um, no. i feel like Kawhi should be in there just because in 2014 he wins the finals mvp whether you think he deserves it or not watch the film once again 2015 he won defensive player of the year <clears throat> 2016 he won defensive player of the year 2017 he had one of the greatest um he had a great postseason run he was very efficient I think he averaged like 27 a game on like 69% true shooting percentage. 2018, he had the injury. He asked out. And everyone everyone in 2019, I don't know if you guys remember, after the Jimmy Butler trade, everyone was saying that Philly was a team to beat. And Kawhi Leonard came out and he averaged damn near 35 on, I think it was like 64% true shooting percentage against the 76ers. He had the third most points in the playoff run all time with 746. I mean, he was just insane in the 2019 playoff run. I, yeah. I think th I think there's one one player in Golden State that we're that we're missing out on. I think we're not giving him his flowers like he should be. Who are we talking about? That, that's that man, Draymond Green. Um, if you want to put him at center in that lineup over AD, you wouldn't get an argument out of me, man. I used to be de a definite hater because I was a Rockets fan going. They were going against the Warriors every year. But <laughs> when you look at his impact, like he might not have the gaudy stats like he's supposed to, but he does so much that doesn't end up on the, on the, on the stat sheet. You know, he'll be, he's one of the most communicative players on, on defense of all time. He's the glue guy out of that team. I personally think he was the second best player on the, on the 2015 Warriors. Uh Oh, uh, I, I mean, I, some people say I'm, I'm a clay hater, but when you, when you go out there, you're, you're diming to these guys, you're running the floor. You're the best player on defense. I think he's just he's 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 become underrated at this point because of his his fall off as a player, and he's still very good. You know. Yeah, that's why uh, a lot of people were even pointing that out this year. So he missed uh, like the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, I think it was like five or six games. Yeah, and it seemed like right when he came back, the Warriors started to turn. Click. Yeah, they started to click. They started to pick things up, mm -hmm. and I think. That just shows his impact, like from both offense and defense. People want to look and like some people want to laugh. I think Charles Barkley started the whole triple single thing, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I thought it was funny, but I still think it's kind of short sighted. Like he might score three points in the game, but his defensive impact and his passing and playmaking, it it you can see it when you watch them how impactful you can really be and. Mm -hmm. I this is, might be an unpopular opinion, but if you go back and I think it was 2018, you watch the Warriors versus Pelicans. Draymond was defending AD as good as I've seen anyone do before. 2017, like, I think, yeah. 2017, yeah, he was defending him as well as I've seen anyone do before. Like Draymond was phenomenal that series. He's been a pretty great playoff performer. He's been consistent throughout the years. And like you're saying, I I think you said 2016 team, 2015. I would probably agree. Yeah, 2015. It was yeah, actually I, I would, the the Pel the Pelican series was twenty eighteen. Sorry, twenty seventeen. They beat the the Je the Jazz in the second run. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd probably agree that he I, he was the second best player in my opinion. He, I like Clay, and Clay's one of my favorite players. But 
over the last say it. Years, you, you could say it, bro. You could say it. he's overrated. Just say it. No, nah, I, I don't even know if it's necessary that he's overrated. I still think Clay. Clay is Clay. Like he's got, he's one of the best shooters. He he's one of the best team. I think any team would instantly get a t- a lot better just having Clay. He's that player that can fit on any team and have mm-hmm. that impact. But I think Draymond's impact goes deeper than just scoring and stuff like that. And I think in the playoffs he proved that he was the second best player. So and I know that isn't a popular opinion, but I have to agree with Christian on that. I think he was the second best. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to speak too bad on Clay because he's still recovering right now. But when he's a hundred percent, maybe I'll, I'll slander him. But right now, hopefully, he recovers soon and he could be he could be a starter next year in a 2021-2022 season. Hopefully, he comes back like KD did. I mean, yeah. uh, Clay's role, Clay's three and D role, quote unquote. We're not gonna get into his defense, but his his three and D role on the Warriors has been really good. Yeah, um, when it me- comes to Draymond. We saw him outscore Steph and Clay in a game seven in the biggest stage of them all. Mm-hmm. Whether you think Steph was injured, which he was, whether you think Steph was injured or not, whatever other excuse he might have, like that still happened. Draymond scored 32, and Steph and Clay combined had like 30, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And like Christian said, Draymond was the glue guy to that dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a lot of people out there saying that he didn't deserve to be an all star. But then June comes around, and when they played the Cavs, you were seeing that the Warriors were a super team. Mm-hmm. So how are they a super team if you think that Clay and Draymond aren't all-stars? Yeah, exactly. And I feel I, like the tune changes. What do you think, Eric? I don't want to call some people out, but Draymond, it was maybe a week or two ago, he talked about this exact thing. I was saying how, like, people look at his points and don't, like, think he has the impact. And he pretty much just straight up said it's because they don't know basketball. It's because they're not actually paying attention. They don't understand the game. And, again, I'm not going to claim I understand it perfectly. There's still a lot I got to learn. I'm learning every day about basketball. But I think that is true for a lot of what we see. So many people just want to jump to that. But they don't truly understand everything he's doing for the team. They don't understand the impact he's having. And I think if you dig deeper and actually watch the games instead of just jumping on basketball reference and looking at the points – you would see the impact he really had on that team. And we've even seen it this year with the Warriors not being as great as they have in the past years. We've still already seen his impact. Mm-hmm. How many videos have we seen of Dream on coaching James Wiseman? Like, I want to say enough to count on one hand, like at least five this year. And it's and it looks like it's – like I wasn't big on James Wiseman, but when you have someone like Draymond in your ear all the time, it's hard to argue the fact that he could be very good. You know, he's got the physical – Tools and then you got someone like like I said, Draymond's the leader of that team. Sometimes, sometimes Steph takes a little bit of a backseat to uh, not on the not on on the court as much. But Draymond doesn't have a problem talking to anybody, and that's to the point where it almost it almost got KD at a at a Golden State. So he has no problem telling people exactly what they need to do because most of the time he's going to be one of the smartest players on the on the court, and he always deserves credit for that. Would you guys argue that Draymond is the best defender of last decade? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I I think you could make an argument for others. Like you were, we were talking about earlier, you could make an argument for Dwight because I I remember there were articles being written about how they should just rename the defensive player of the award the Dwight Award because yeah yeah just, yeah yeah oh my god him winning it every year. But I think you could make an argument for Draymond because of everything he been doing and how his impact like he can defend seven foot ad he could defend durant he could defend james Harden. like he, he he's very he's one of the most versatile defenders i've ever seen 
Mm-hmm. Christian, what do you think about Mr. Draymond Green being the GOAT defender of last decade? I, I think he would be my number one, yeah. And then following that would be Kawhi. Your Kawhi's, your ADs, your Giannis's, you know, your – I, I personally – the... Huh? Even LeBron at the beginning of the decade was unreal. Yeah, he was great. He was great. It's just – that's another thing. Like, I feel like Dwight falls into a weird category. So, like, he was dominant in, like, what – his his three years that he won Defensive Player of the Year in a row was, like, that was 2008, 2009, 2010. Yeah, so it was a little before the decade. Yeah, exactly. So, so, like, I think Dwight, if he had his prime in this, he probably would be. But if he, he fell off a little bit, I want to say after 2015, yeah. that's, you know, middle of the decade – if you want to give him that credit, you can, but I would give it to Draymond because he came in in, like, 2013, those playoffs against the Nuggets. And he, when David Lee got injured, he automatically showed his impact. He was, like, came in, started defending well, started making life a lot easier on Curry and Clay, And um, I think he d- definitely deserves that credit. Do you have an uh, – Christian, do you have an opinion on the – I've seen a lot of people say that Draymond should have won Kawhi's defensive play of the years. Do you have a, an opinion about that, or – no, I agree. I'm pretty sure it was the – was it the 2016 one? I'm pretty sure that Kawhi only played, like, 56 yeah, games out of 82, and he still yeah, ended yeah. up winning it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody who's listening to this, you guys could correct me, but I, Draymond, he, he helped the team win 73 games. And like I said, it's my opinion. He was, he was the second best player on that 73-win <laughs> team, you know? Yeah. Um, what was the other year Kawhi won? 2016? 2015. 2015. Do you think – Kawhi deserved that one, or I think he did. Yeah, okay. um, I'm not. It's this is just going off my memory, but I think he definitely was was qualified for that one, and that was coming off of a Finals MVP, and he just wanted to show that he was really that guy, and he he was almost making those those star level um improvements, you know. Yeah, and I I, I saw trajectory. I saw an argument. Uh, I think it was an article written by. I can't remember who exactly it was written by, but it talked about how in 2016 they gave it to Kawhi because they didn't want to give every award to the Warriors. Do you think that might have played a part? They didn't want to just – Definitely. You know, voter fatigue can happen year to year. It can happen in years, you know. So I think that that has something to do with it. And they were just trying to hype up Kawhi as the, the next big thing, which he did become, but they might have slighted Draymond in the process. So Yeah, for sure. We give out flowers here. We're giving out flowers to Mr. Draymond. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the conclusion of the fourth episode. Eric, any final thoughts on the Super Bowl or the MVP? Call it right now. Who's going to win it? I'm going Bucks. An MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I don't want to just go Brady, the quarterback. I feel like that might be a little easy choice. I'm going to go I'm going to go Godwin. I feel like Godwin might have a pretty good game, and I don't want to just go with a basic pick. I'm going to go with a little under Dog one. I think Godwin could have a pretty good game, so I could see him being MVP maybe. I feel like sometimes we see wide receivers win Super Bowl MVP, so that would be a good one. Um, yeah, rolling with the Bucks. Christian? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs, and um, I'm going to give it to Kelsey. I think he's going to have like 125 yards, two touchdowns type game. I think that he ends up in between the, in, in between the sticks, and he kills the, uh, the Bucks there. Do you think he can be better than Gronk all time? I think it's possible. Yeah. Gronk, man, he was different. Um, Christian, thank you for coming on, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for having me again. It was great talking some some hoops and some football with, uh, with two of the smartest followers I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
stay safe out there, wear a mask, and we'll see you in the next episode. I appreciate it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been episode four of the Sports Fella Podcast. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.